let's get together with the movers, the shakers, the people that make things happen in this great city. You're listening to Entrepreneur Montgomery. Here's your host, Joe Bass. All right. We have an amazing guest today, and I have to mention that in our first phone call, one thing about this guest is that he is insanely enthusiastic, which immediately draws you into what he has to say and what he's doing. So this is going to be a super fun talk. He completed his first triathlon in 89 and went on to complete the Florida Ironman in 2007 with a time of 11.27, and everyone, this is ours. The average is around 12 hours and 35 minutes. This is an amazing story about how this go-to source for athletes started on an internet forum. His number one endorsement on LinkedIn from those that know him, leadership. He has been instrumental in the creation of highly supported marathons in the area, helping to raise money for amazing charities. He has a super successful business here. This guy's the real deal. Today we are talking to the owner of a hot local business, Montgomery Multisport, Greg Miles. Greg, thanks so much for being here and welcome to the show. Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Greg, uh, aside from your business, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I have a wife, Kelly, and I got three daughters. One's 14, one's 10, and one's five, and two of the three are elite athletes and have already well surpassed anything I've ever done from an athletic perspective. So um, that keeps me busy along with all the businesses and things like that. But I've worked for Cisco Systems, the internet company, probably for, I think, just over 15 years. I am on the board of directors of St. James School and the YMCA Bell Road and the St. James United Methodist Church Children's Board, and um, man, quite a few other things. I'm one of the trustees or directors of Montgomery Multisport Charities, which is the area that we give through when we put on races and things like that. So the money that we make, we give to various charities. Um, and man, I just I just go go go. And when when I can't do that, I wake up early in the morning about four o'clock, meet a bunch of guys and girls out, and we work out every morning. So. Life is good, life is full, life is busy. That's awesome, that's awesome, staying busy. Uh, okay, Greg, so I think you went to Mississippi College, right? That's where I graduated from, did start off at Mississippi State. Um, and then, you know, my dad was a pretty strict fellow. He um, made me a deal when I was uh, coming out of high school. He said, all right, pick your car, any car you want. And I was like, new Ferrari? He said, absolutely. <laughs> he said, you can have the Ferrari or I can pay for your college until you make a C. And, uh, you know, I thought I was smart and said, well, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to college. So I did. And in physics, too, I made a C. And <laughs> he was true to his word as usual, cut me off. So I had to move to Jackson, get a job, and work my way through school. <laughs> <laughs> so going to so, – so I guess at this point, Mississippi State would probably be the school you rooted for. But since you're in Alabama, I have to ask, when you're at the Iron Bowl, do you yell War Eagle or Roll Tide? Well, I thought I was going to come over here and get out of that because I was in sales with IBM when I came over, and I was told very quickly that uh, it's my responsibility to declare. And um, I guess I was Alabama when I came over, and uh-huh. then a guy that I hung out with, and not all of them are, but this guy was the most obnoxious Alabama fan on the planet. So I had to <laughs> root for, for Auburn from then on just to irritate him. So that's what I declared, and I've been that way ever since. There you go. So you're an Auburn Tiger. All right, the next question is, What's the best concert you've ever been to? 
let's see, best concert I've ever been to? Man, and I haven't been to that many recently. I would probably say Aerosmith. Cisco, each year, puts on a big party for us, and they have some, some great bands. And I guess Aerosmith was the one they had the best for about 18,000 of us. Um, followed closely by the year we had the B-52s mm. and uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire going at the same time. So those were a couple of fun ones. Wow, my mother-in-law would actually be really envious about the Aerosmith show, but she's actually been to see him as well and loved it. Put on a great show, went, stopped for a minute, took a break. We all joked and said he's back there getting an IV, came back out stronger <laughs> than he did the first time. There you go. So what, um, I guess at this point we'll move on to kind of the meat of the interview so that we get to know you as the businessman. And uh, the first question here is going to be, what was the process, Greg, that led you to be one of the most successful people in your area of expertise? Where did it all start for you? It's a really interesting story. Well, I guess if you're just going to put it into a term of process, it would be get out there, find your passion, and execute. And I normally add execute ruthlessly. Mm. Um, because a lot, of, a lot of times I was out there, a lot of things I was passionate about, but I failed to execute on some of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, failure to execute is one of those things where, you end up where, hey, you know what? I'm doing fairly well. I'm making great money. I'm mid six figures. Life is good. But it's not great. Are you going to take the next step to be great? And in order to do that, you have to follow all three of those things. So the get out there piece for me was starting to volunteer. So we put together the club, which was just a triathlon club, in about 2000. And we just, you know, we got a big group. We got to where we had a couple of hundred people in the group, and we were real selfish for lack of better words and we did our own thing on our own time and hung out together and then we got together and said look why don't we do something for the community and let's raise some money so we got together um, with the YMCA and said look we're going to put on a kids triathlon you just give us the facility we'll give you the money so we went ahead and put it on it was a huge success we got great sponsors and after that they said hey look could you um, do one for adults and maybe another one next year and so we said okay so we, we kept volunteering and well that's that process of getting out there. When you're doing things like that and you're volunteering and you're, you call it what you want, but it ends up a good benefit of volunteering and being on boards and things is the networking that happens on the backside. So right. what we found is after that event, people came to us and said, well, you know what, we'd really like to, to do more of these events, but there's nowhere to support us in the city. There's not a real bike shop. There's not a real run shop. There's certainly not a triathlon shop. So um, we'd do better if we had that. So one week we were out buying our bikes and we spent obnoxious amounts on our bikes. A friend of ours had a plane and he flew us out to, to Arkansas and I think it was almost $50,000 we spent on bicycles and bicycle parks <laughs> and we got back and we're like, that's it. We're, the five of us are going to invest and open a location here in town, hire the best people we can and you know, at minimum we'll break even and service ourselves. Right. And from there it, it really blew up big. You know, We went to the bank and said, hey, we're putting in our money. Why don't you match us? And they asked for, of course, our P&L, our expectations, what we were going to do. And we said, I'll probably do about 200 k the first year. We were real conservative. We showed our growth trend. And first year, we did a million dollars. So what it really says to me is that there was a need. Hmm. And um, we feel a need. And that's another thing about entrepreneurship is it, sometimes it doesn't – you don't find it. It finds you. Mm-hmm. And it only finds you out there when you're out there doing things. And, and – Volunteering is a great way to get out there and do things. And I promise you, the people that have the free time to volunteer are the people that are the, the movers and shakers in town anyway. So right. get out there, 
give and don't give because you think you're going to receive, but it just was a good balance. And it, I met a lot of people, and it's moved through my life in a lot of ways because of it, in addition to financially. That is that is fantastic. Um, Montgomery's really on fire right now, I think, especially if you look at the, the downtown area and uh, the restoration of buildings. And there's just seems to kind of be a buzz here in Montgomery. So what are some of your favorite things about this city? You know, I do like the downtown area. It's great to catch a biscuits game, go downtown, and you know, get out of the the um, East East Montgomery area for a right. little bit. But what I like most about the city is the the growth and active lifestyle events. Hmm. Um, yeah, we put some of them on, but other people are taking cues from us and bringing stuff in. I mean, you've got the half marathon now, a full marathon here. You've got the Capital Dreams triathlon here. You've got other triathlons, kids triathlons. There's just constantly events. There used to be maybe four or five major races in town. Now there's two or three races a weekend. Right. And you know that was that was another thing that fed off of our business when we opened the shop and we put on the charity events. People came to us from other charities saying, "Hey, will you put on our events?" So what we ended up doing is you know, hiring a team of people to go and put on two or three events for these other charities and, and general people a weekend. So that's the second business that formed out of the first. First is Montgomery Multisport proper, and the next was the race management team. And then people have to have places to sign up for races, right? And everybody was complaining about the price at active.com. So we were like, huh, I know the Internet. We can do it cheaper. So we opened up a third company called I Signed Up. Hmm. And that's where people now go to sign up for their races and Therefore, the, um, the charity now doesn't have to dump money to pay for an online site, and the end user that signs up pays half what they used to at Active. So, again, being out there, finding little gaps, and then executing ruthlessly um, to make sure it's done instead of letting it pass you by. Those are some of the things that are working are fun. I love it. So you see the need, and you go out, and you just feel that need. Yeah, and the only way you're seeing the need is being out there. You're not going to see it sitting at home searching for – entrepreneurial opportunities necessarily all day you got to be out there you got to get out there and yeah you can go online and look at things and get ideas but get out there and talk to people absolutely 100 percent. well here's one for you greg um this is a two-part question uh what bike are you currently riding and then second do you agree with your wife that you are in fact a bike hoarder my name is greg and i am a bike hoarder um (laughs) I still have the bike I did that triathlon in 1989. <laughs> That's bad, especially <laughs> considering I own a bike shop and I could buy virtually any bike. But currently I ride, um, again, depends on the day and the scalpel that is required for the surgery. But I have a felt IA with lightweight fernwig wheels, and that's the most overpriced bike on the planet, but it's great. Um, I also have a couple of mountain bikes. I have a Pinarello Dogma XM99, and I have a... Uh, Trek, Superfly, 100 Elite. Um, so I got quite a few bikes, but those are the three I probably ride the most. Um, they're fun, and yes, I am a bike hoarder. <laughs> so, what advice, Greg, would you give to uh, new entrepreneurs, those kids that are in school, they're going through uh, business classes, and, and when they get out of school, they decide, you know, maybe they go into corporate world, there's a place there for sure. Uh, maybe they do what you do and kind of split it up a little bit, but they want to be an entrepreneur. They feel that it's in their DNA. Uh, what, what, what advice would you give, the, give to them coming right out of the gate? You know, back to what I said, to follow the process. Mm-hmm. Get out there, find your passion, execute ruthlessly. 
Um, and if you find something that you like to do that's just fun, volunteer in some capacity with something around that, and then execute ruthlessly. Make it a habit that whatever you do, you give 100% at. Don't care if you're getting paid or not. Mm -hmm. And I always go back to that story of um, Sean Hannity. He's talked about when he was out there doing construction work and working in the field during the hard times, you know, they were ragging on him for working his butt off, making everybody look bad, but he knew that if he worked super hard at any time, it was going to be a habit. And then when he finally did get his chance, mm -hmm. there would be no other option because that's what he had trained his body and mind to do is give 100%. So train yourself, give 100% all you do to things that you're passionate about. And never miss the opportunity to execute. I mean, a lot of things pass you by. You go, oh, that would be really cool. I wish I could get to that. But I'm doing well. And right. again, good, the enemy are great. Absolutely. So... A lot of times, in fact, not a lot of times, always, 100% of us as business owners, we, we, we fail at some point in time. Sometimes we have small failures, large failures. Tell us about a time that you failed big, um, and what did you learn from it, and how did you apply it uh, to how you do things today? Um. I mean, failing big, and we fail every day. I fail daily because I don't measure myself on a pass-fail. I measure myself on a 1 to 100. And if you hit a 99, you failed to, to get the point you should have gotten. Hmm. So failing, failing is a daily thing for me. Um, again, all I did, though, is I learned how not to do something. And with regard to the specifics, I'd say I failed a lot of times to failure to execute and failure to prioritize properly. And I read a book a while back, and in the book, the guy was, there were two guys, and they were real big competitors in a major industry, and they fought back and forth. Um, and then one time, this guy said, he started hiring all the other guys' people, trying to find out what his secret was, because quite honestly, he was getting his butt kicked year after year. And he said, what, what's the secret? He said, man, I don't know, but he's got this book, and everything is in that book, because you ask him a question, and he goes to this stupid book, answers the question, and, and we all move forward. And he said, well, you know, hmm, all right, well, so he decided to go to the guy and said, I want to buy you out. And he says, well, why do you want to buy me? And he said, well, there's some magic you've got in some book, and I need the information in that book. The guy stopped and said, you know what, I'll give you the information in the book. He said, all it is is a list of what my priorities are. And he said, when somebody comes to me to ask me to do something, I look at it, and I go, is that pointing to the achievement of one of these priorities? Hmm. If not, it gets pushed off the front burner to the back burner. It may get done. But if I'm busy, I make sure that I hit these every day, and they're focused on moving things forward on these three priorities. So a lot of failures that I've had have been failures to prioritize. Mm. Sometimes it's family. You know, did I not prioritize what I should have at home? And then, man, home, the home balance is wrecked. Mm. And you've got to go take time away from work to repair the home balance. And the same thing at work. Sometimes you take a little too much time in the home balance, and the work uh, balance goes away. So keeping your priorities straight um, making sure that those things are taken care of, that's, I'd say, regular failures more than massive failures, but things that I always have to keep an eye on is, am I prioritizing things correctly? And then the second would be failure to execute. I've lost a lot of ideas. I mean, I had a lot of things pass me by because I just said, you know what, I'll get to that, I'll get to that. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we, a lot of people don't do. Ideas that go by the wayside and then they're like, hey, that on TV, that was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I won't even mention all the failures with regard to the things that I came up with that didn't execute <laughs> on, but those were the ones. It's just 
failure to take the risk and, and go after the the brass ring and you know sitting on the couch holding the tin ring. Exactly, be a go getter. Well, Greg, here here's an interesting hypothetical I like to ask people that I talk to. Um, if your business were to completely vanish today, and I know that you do other things as well, but let's just for a second pretend that all you do is Mon- Montgomery Multisports. Let's say it vanished today, but you could keep all of that knowledge that you have now. What would you get up and start doing right now? Well, obviously it depends on the amount of money I had, but I'd probably go race NASCAR, but that's not really an option. <laughs> um, so if given the opportunity in this question, I would go back and restart a business just like Montgomery Multisport, but I would go a whole lot bigger right off the bat. Hmm. Um, you know, again, the need is was there then. The need is here now, and it's my passion. And I, until I come up with a new passion, um, then that's an area where I don't mind putting in all the hours that have to be done to be successful in that. You know, matter of fact, I think I, I've talked to you about it. Is we don't take money out of the business. Right. We keep money in the business, and the business is right at debt free meaning every piece of inventory in the store is paid for. So we're operating on house money, which I promise you makes life a whole lot more fun oh, than yeah. realizing that you have debt. Now, once we get it paid off, we're, I'll talk about this later, but building a building and we'll be back in debt again. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's, that's a part of growth and what our, our focus is of getting Montgomery Multisport done and bigger. But that's what I do. If I'm given the opportunity and the question, I do the same thing, but a whole lot bigger and faster. Okay, okay. Well, Greg, we've already talked about uh, your passion for uh, being a volunteer, charities, things like that. Um, obviously, you think it's super important to be involved in your community. Uh, tell us how you go about, because this is something that uh, has really amazed me. How do you go about networking, uh, allowing you to bring aboard these big, amazing sponsors that you've brought on board for these races? I mean, it came from all the people that I know that were that are eventually sponsors on this were really on a volunteer committee or a board or something with me. Um, so getting out there and giving of yourself, I mean, and, and put it this way, if you're out volunteering, I don't care if it's at the YMCA or the school, and these titans of industry beside you see you busting your tail, giving 100%, well, they realize people that are like them. They see it pretty quickly. Look, this person is going to go after it and get after it, and I know he's successful in this capacity. And, you know, we talk about the Bible. To, to those who are given little, little is expected. They're given lots, lots is expected. And they will give you lots when they saw what you did with the little. Um, so that's, that's where it came up. That's where all of these, these uh, uh, donors come from, hmm. even down to the point where some of them are just in the club. And, right. you know, we do a lot of volunteering as a club, but some of the club members that are out there, um, you know, talk about one of the you know, proudest moments I've had with regard to the business really wasn't to do with the business. It was more about the results of that process. And my daughter had to shadow five people for St. James, and they gave her a week off of school to go out and shadow. And I looked back at who she shadowed, and they were all people that I had met through boards and volunteerism, and, and she got to shadow some amazing people. I mean, she spent the day in surgery with uh, Dr. Malik, the cardiologist. No kidding. Blood spurting all over the place. I still hear that. Then she <laughs> spent a day with Ted Meadows, a Beasley Allen Crow. Right. Um, and then she got to host Mark Montiel's radio show with him. And then she spent the day with Todd Strange as he toured with the generals 
out there um, with, I think it was Airbus and Boeing or a couple of others. So she's up there with the top brass in the military. And then she, she met with um, Ms. Murphy, K-5, and got to teach a class. Wow. So these are, these are, every one of them, as I look back, were because of my time that I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to volunteer. Now, mm-hmm. the wife gets irritated sometimes that I'm not at home when I'm at a board meeting, but, man, look at what it did for, for my kids and yeah. what it's done for, for others. You just put it all together, and, man, you got to get out there. you got to. So, so I assume you're looking forward to, to all of your kids making you look bad one day? They already make me look bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> my two oldest daughters just qualified for a national USATF championships. They also qualified for USA Triathlon Championships this year. And my oldest is not far off. I'm not even going to say she can beat me, but she may be able to beat me in a couple of races already. We'll just have to see. I still got her on the bike. So, Greg, what's, um, what's one thing you would say is the most important part uh, of the, the being an entrepreneur? I know that we've kind of asked that question in a couple of different ways, but what's the one thing? What would you say the one thing? Would it be getting up early in the morning? Uh, what would it be for you? Well, once you've got your business and you've chosen your business around your passion and you followed that process, then I'd say, you know, you got to take care of your employees first, then yourself. Mm. Um, and taking care of is, is really a long discussion. It doesn't mean just giving a lot of money. Right. It means giving them authority. You call it authority. Call it rope. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, we call it rope. Um, letting them grow, delegating things to them because, you know, they've got to be self-sufficient in a way because I always say this to my managers is if you're doing what they should be doing who in the heck is doing what only you can do right and as the leader the entrepreneur there are certain things that only we can do you can only delegate so much but if you're running around doing the little things and you never trusted the others to do their part then your business is limited and you're you're limited everything about what could be especially your employees Mm -hmm. and those are going to be unhappy employees and that, again, is going to limit your growth because if you're spending your time doing you know, what good managers should be doing is hiring, empowering, and um, hiring, developing, and retaining top talent. And if you're not taking care of them, you're not retaining, you're spending all your time hiring and developing. So that, that's what I do. Take care of my employees and give them rope. What's the proudest moment of your career? Again, that, that one I just mentioned about my daughters um, getting out and – you know, being able to, and again, like I said, it wasn't to do with the business. It was result of the results of the process mm. and going, you know what, because I took a chance, because I went out and did these things, um, that took those risks that they now have opportunities. They had the opportunity to spend the day with the mayor. They had the opportunity to make a decision. And again, this is what excites me is that they now see both lives. lives. They see me in my corporate life at Cisco uh, running 12 states but they also see the entrepreneurial experience of owning your own business. And they get to now make an educated decision about what it is they're going to do with the rest of their life instead of you know, a lot of families just have one thing and you know, they go down that road. But they've now seen both, um, and they have the opportunity to make that intelligent decision and say, you know what, I like the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Or <laughs> they may go, I am not willing to work that hard for that little. Right. <laughs> entrepreneurial lifestyle is not for everybody and it's darn hard work and the risk is on your shoulders but you know the reward is great it is and you have to be super super self-motivated that's for sure what what is the the one thing and this can be anything it doesn't have to be involved with 
the business that you're in. It can be. What's one thing that is really exciting to you right now? I talked about the excitement that my kids bring me. That was definitely number one. But beside that, I'm still competitive. Hmm. You know, we got, we got a new bike shop in town, and I'm telling you what, it's gotten me remotivated. And you know, we always talk about competition breeds, um, you know, innovation. Right. And I promise you it does. So I get excited when somebody comes up as a new shoe store or a new bike store and, and tries to bring something new because that just double motivates me, double excites me to, again, show that, hey, you know what? We're the best. We don't rest on our laurels. We continue to bring a great product, great services to the community, and nobody's going to touch us. Mm. And my partners and I, man, we get fired up about that stuff. We really do. All of us get excited. And I think John Chambers, CEO of Cisco, talks about it as healthy paranoia. You're always looking over your shoulder. Who's coming? Who's coming? Who's coming? As long as you execute on it and move on, it's healthy. Right. And, and that's, what we, that's what we have. My team, the, the fellow owners with me, we get paranoid about some things in a healthy way because we address it, we capitalize on the opportunity, and we move forward quickly. Yeah, you guys sound like you're kind of ready for the battle, though. Yeah, we're always ready for the battle. We know <laughs> it's coming. We, we knew that if, you know, they talk about the, the rising tide raises all ships, and if I hadn't said enough cliches today or <laughs> analogies, I'm marking them off, but it, it does, so we know that we're rising the tide and other boats are going to come in our harbor. We right. know that. Right. So we expected it, and we're ready for the battle. You're right. Absolutely. Well, Greg, what is, what is one of your goals moving forward, something that you're, you're looking to achieve, and that's, uh, you know, you've achieved so much already. What's one of your future goals? Our, job, our goal on the specific business at hand, the, the core store, Montgomery Multisport, we're at three locations. We want to have ten. We've mapped out some markets we're looking to move into. We have a new building um, right at 10,000 square feet. We're building in East Montgomery now. Um, and you know what? I might start yet another business. Hmm. Uh, I've got a, a friend of mine that has come to me with a, a unique opportunity that was an okay opportunity, but when then I put it with something that I had been thinking of, um, you put the two together, it's, it's a no-brainer. So looking to execute on that and probably start that one up in about a year when all the things hit. Because they're all. Sometimes you look up and you go, okay, it's not right now. But when X happens and crosses over with Y on the third plane of Z, it's time. Right. And I see all of those things coming to in about a year. So I'll be able to open up yet another new business that's around yet another passion I've got. Well, I can't wait to see that. Uh, Greg, tell us real quick the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to uh, talk to you about your business. Sure. Um, I guess Greg, G-R-E-G, at MontgomeryMultisport.com mm -hmm. is one way. Um, every now and again, I'm in the shop. Um, that's over at 8107 Vaughn Road out in East Montgomery, right down from Chappie's and across from Metro Fitness. Um, and you, know, you can always give me a shout. Um, cell phone, 334-221-1800. Don't mind giving that out. Just um, don't call me after 8. I go to bed early because I get up <laughs> at the crack of dawn. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Greg. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. We really appreciate it. That was a really, really fun interview, and hopefully we can do it again sometime in the future. All right. Thanks so much for your time. All right. Thanks a lot, Greg. Thanks for tuning in to Entrepreneur Montgomery. Find us at entrepreneurmontgomery.com on Facebook or follow Joe Bass on Twitter at Joe T. Bass.
you so much.